0: If I touch my shoulder, touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, What the hell is that?
1: Mommy, I'm scared. Spirits and more radio starts now. We are doing another show here of Spirits and More Radio. First one of 2018. Uh, We're here with J.P. Willie today. So uh, let's go ahead and do this show. Are you guys ready for this show? Let's do this show now.
0: Turn down the lights. If you dare. Spirits and More Radio.
1: And uh, like I said, this is the first show of 2018. We've uh, uh, had some things going on that uh, sort of slowed down the production of this show. I had a little bit of a career change and stuff like that. But uh, I've been wanting to do a show and I've been looking for the right guest. And uh, I think I found him. We have with us today J.P. Willie. He's an author. Uh, he wrote a book. It's a horror type book. So it's, it's right up your alley. So anyway, uh, without further ado, I want to welcome J.P. Willie to the show. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, how's it going, brother? How you doing?
1: Good, good. <laughs> so yeah, we've been talking about doing this show, and 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 finally we're connecting. So, uh, are you? Uh what i I like to start the shows out and kind of give people a background uh on our guests so uh you're a horror author you wrote a book uh blood in the woods and uh well i want to get into that but before we do kind of give us a background of uh you know maybe where you're from and what what you like about horror and and paranormal and stuff like that and what kind of drew you to into all this whole thing
0: Oh man, I don't even know where to start with that, I'd I'd have to say I got into horror uh, I had a love for it when I was a younger you know, kid. Like, my mom, the first book she ever bought me was Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I remember reading that, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And then, you know, I used to start watching the, you know, the Jason movies when I was probably like eight or nine. I'd sneak in when it was playing on the TV, and I'd start watching it. And I was a huge fan of Jaws. My mom, like, grew up on that. And I think that was the... First really good horror movie. I guess some people don't even call it horror, but it's super susp- uh, suspenseful. And I fell in love with Jaws and that feeling that I got, you know, like when the tension was coming, and that, that pressure you feel on your chest. And I just really fell in love with feeling creeped out, spooked out. And I think that's what really turned me on into the hard genre to eventually end up writing in it. Uh, I was born in Covington, Louisiana. I've uh, been in the military for 18 years. I'm still currently serving, stationed here at Fort Polk, Louisiana. I got two, uh, two years and some change before I hang up the uniform and I retire. Uh, I'm also an independent filmmaker, producer, uh, director. I have my second film that is going to be shooting in June here at Fort Polk, uh, Louisiana, the Vernon Parish area. Uh, we're looking forward to that it's going to be a supernatural action thriller Uh, i'm a huge fan of predator so this is sort of uh, a modern day predator type thing we're going for i think uh horror fans and action fans are gonna be really excited. The cast is gonna consist of active duty military personnel and families, as well as some actors uh, out of New Orleans and the uh, Baton Rouge area. I also have my first film, uh, Welcome Home, Rougarou, that was directed by my good buddy Blaine Childers up from Chicago, that is currently in post-production. In the next couple weeks, maybe a month or so, it's gonna be hitting the independent film festival circuit. So we're really excited about that too.
1: Cool, cool. So, um, this Predator film or style film, is it more sci fi or kind of sci fi horror? Is that what you're thinking?
0: No it's, no, it's actually based off, and you're, you're actually the first to sort of get the scoop on what it's about, man, so you're special, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's really based off uh, anybody can go Google uh, the giant of Kandahar uh, on their laptops, on their computers right now. And uh, we're sort of basing the film off some military claims and reports from the early 2000s when soldiers first entered Afghanistan uh, that they claimed that they faced off with a giant somewhere uh, in a desolate area in afghanistan and the reports are pretty amazing like it's it's far-fetched it's everything but i think it makes out for a wonderful wonderful short you know action horror suspense type film so um i mean most people like you said they consider predator sci-fi and and it is you know because it comes from space but you know i look at it more as monster horror you know predator with the little bit of you know the space element but I, I can't really classify it as sci-fi, you know.
1: Right, right, right. So that's a that's a true story, or that's a true rumor, huh? Going around.
0: Oh, it's been around. I remember when I was a a young private when I was with the 82nd uh, Military Police Company. We had deployed uh, to Kandahar. We were in OEF two, right behind the 101st. When we got to Kandahar, and I remember hearing rumors about, like, some soldiers had killed something big, or there was something out there, like, uh, a monster or something, so words, like, spread through soldiers, and it uh, wasn't until a couple months ago, after I got done uh, wrapping up Welcome Home Rugru in December, that uh, I started researching the uh, giant of Kandahar, and uh, because, you know, the new Predators, or, you know, the Predator is coming out sometime this year, or next, that Shane Black, you know, he's doing again, you know, he's coming back to the uh, franchise. And uh, I sort of started looking into it, and I watched some documentaries that are out there on YouTube about it, and uh, it sort of just sparked my imagination, and I started writing a screenplay. And uh, right now, uh, I got a director uh, out of Hollywood, California, uh, his name's Sean Anthony, he's the uh, CEO of Harvest Moon Motion Pictures and Television, who is going to be coming out here in June, and he is going to be directing the feature, well, the short feature, it's a short film, so i yeah. uh, really excited, man, and it, it just blew me away, like the stories, and um, I can't wait to, to bring it to the, to the screen, man.
1: That sounds really cool. I'm actually <laughs> excited about that. Yeah, um,
0: it's it, it's pretty wild, man. If you if you look at it, and I was like, well, how, how has no one made a movie of this yet? Well, you know what? We're going to be the first, yeah. and we're going to kill it.
1: That's cool. That's cool. Um, so now you're in Louis, or you're in Louisiana. I've been to Louisiana, uh, and I've been to <clears throat> I've been to New Orleans. I haven't been outside of there, but. Uh, the question I have for you is, uh, man, how can you? You're in such a great place for kind of the spooky stuff. I mean, there's a, there's tons of legends and you know things that sort of. Uh, whoops, sorry about that. There are tons of legends and things that sort of uh, center around Louisiana, right? Like the swamps and and uh, and then of course in New Orleans, the whole vampire thing. So I mean, have you um, have you indulged in in your surroundings there?
0: I mean, I I was born and raised here, and I joined the Army in 2000, and it took me 18 years to finally, you know, get stationed back home, you know, here in Fort Polk, and... Louisiana is, like, notorious for its, you know, creepiness, its darkness, its witchcraft, its voodoo, its vampires, its devil worship, uh, everything. You know, we got basically everything a horror fan could wish for or dream for here in the state of Louisiana. And that's why I decided uh, with uh, Welcome Home Rougarou, uh, the Rougarou is an actual creature based off Louisiana folklore, and no one has ever made a film about it, or, you know, it's mythos and the and the story sort of behind the creature. And uh, that's when, you know, I started, I wrote the screenplay, I got Blaine from Chicago to come down to film it, I got a wonderful uh, effects and makeup crew that I'll be working again on this film that we're shooting in June of this year, titled Ida Mighty, you know, about the Kandahar giant, right, or whatever, and Tara and Cynthia and Beth, they're coming back, they're an amazing makeup crew, and they were really excited to come to Louisiana and get on the bayou and actually shoot on location, and uh, we were the first ones to bring that creature to the short film. And, uh, I mean, there had been some Rugurus and like Supernatural, like on EW, uh, but it never really sort of got into the truth about the creature. So, so I was t- really excited to do that.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, tell me more about that. Is, that. is that something that when you're a kid growing up in the area, it's talked about? Is it, is it that kind of thing?
0: Um, Well, we always heard of uh, of a Rougarou, and it's basically the Louisiana werewolf. Uh, It has the head of a wolf, but the body of man. Uh, Sometimes the the Native Americans, back in the day down here, they they would see them. They believed in them like a a shapeshifter. They can change at will. There's so many mythos that you can read about it, and this short film that we've put together sort of combines all of those elements involving the creature. You're going to see everything that ties to that creature in this you know, short 10 to 15 minute film that we're putting together and um, I think people are going to really enjoy it we had some wonderful actors, Adam Hensley uh, he's in the Netflix show uh, when we first met, you can catch him in the uh, picture booth uh, in one of the scenes uh, we got the wonderful Joey Alonzo um, he's done a lot of work in and around new orleans for decades he's a wonderful guy and we had um, miss lily von kiss who is a pinup model uh she has she did some stage plays and you know theater acting and this is her first time ever coming to the you know the small screen and independent circuit and uh, she nailed it and knocked it out of the park and um it's going to be really good man i think fans are going to be pleased and i know we're going to win some stuff in some festivals I, I can just feel it in my bones
1: that's cool. That's cool. Um, so tell me about. Um, let's kind of back up a little bit because we've got uh, got a pretty, pretty sorry, pretty good background on what's happening. You got a little bit of noise there on your side. I think is there like a fan or something close by to you or? No, I
0: no, not really.
1: Huh, okay. All right. Well,
0: it's maybe mobile. it's just my he- maybe I'm a heavy breather and I don't know it.
1: <laughs> no, it's kind of a it's a mechanical sound. It sounds like a blower, but that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll just fiddle with the wires here and see if something changes. But it's okay. Uh, anyway, so um, a paranormal, man. I mean, you're, you're obviously deep into telling, sto- you know, storytelling. But how about yourself? Have you ever experienced anything paranormal, or unusual voices, or seeing anything weird or any anything like that happen to you ever?
0: I'm actually, after I finish writing my first novella, which is titled Hot Summer Savior, um, I'm going into my second, you know, full novel. And it's going to be based off the um, real life events that happened to me, just much like Blood in the Woods is. But me and my wife, when we first got married, we lived in an apartment complex right on the Alabama Georgia line. I can't remember the name of the apartment complex. I think it was like Greenleaf. And this apartment, brother, was (laughs) extremely, extremely haunted. Uh, It it was so bad. I actually called my brother uh, up from Louisiana and my mother because they're huge paranormal horror fans, like I told you. She got me into horror at a very young age. So they came up, and my brother uh, started, you know, recording us in our bedroom when we were sleeping at night. Um, and brother, we caught a shadow figure like pop up next to my wife. We had objects being thrown in our house. We really, had it was insane. I'll actually, when we're done with this interview, and I can hit you up on the Book of Faces, I'll send you the picture uh, that was snapped because at the time we didn't know the camera that we were using when it was a night vision mode. If any type of sudden movements would like trigger. It would automatically take a picture while uh, while recording. Wow, and, um, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty intense, man. And we caught it, and i think uh that's i'm gonna base my next novel sort of um sort of off of those experiences that we had and just give a good ghost story
1: yeah yeah so i mean what's your take on that i mean obviously if you i've never seen something fly across the room in front of me you know but but if you've seen that on and on your camera or whatnot i mean what's your take what do you think's going on
0: uh, man, it's uh, it's good. It's good and evil, man. I, I believe that. I do believe in ghosts and and spirits. And my wife, she used to not to until we moved into the, into that apartment complex. Uh, but my uncle, like I'm from the south, man. I'm from Louisiana, so I was you know raised in the Bible Belt, and I believe that you know spirits, the ones that are here. Or never good I don't think that they get stuck or they're in purgatory I think some of the things we see and witness even though it can start off innocent I think it's it's never anything good so that's just my personal belief even if it's coming across as a kid or a child or anything it's not good man
1: I see yeah I mean there you know there's so many different ways to look at it you know so um, for sure i can see what you're saying on that that's that's a popular thing too you know people say oh you think it's a little kid ghost but uh you know it's it probably you know could be something totally different you know trying yeah to i mean
0: i mean if, if you've ever read the good book uh it says once you pass you you go and you and you will be judged and you move and i think anything that's here um that stays back i think it's it's not good even if it could come off as playful or whatever, I think it's just always some type of tormenting or, you know, trickster type spirit just, to, you know, to engage with the living. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just my personal opinion. There's millions of others out there. Like, I'm a huge fan of Ghost Adventures and, you know, Zach and Aaron and all those guys that do that stuff. We've been watching them for, you know, almost like nine, ten years that they've been on the air. And, uh, I mean, that's what they, they do. And, you know, and they have a lot of their theories. I think everybody has an opinion. And,. But when it comes to spirits, like what I've experienced and stuff, it's never anything good.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're, we're with uh, J.P. Willie today. He's an author of a book called Blood in the Woods, and he's got movies out there, and he's working on lots of stuff. So when we get back, we're going to get into Blood in the Woods, all right? You are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story. Tell us at spooksandspirits.com. Spirits and more radio. Listen to it, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. <laughs> And you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. This is, uh, gosh, I think this is our 19th show, uh, and this is our first uh, horror author that we have on, JP Willie, with us today. And uh, you, so you wrote a book called Blood in the Woods, and as I understand it, that book are stories based on real events that happened there where you live. Is that right, JP? Still with us? JP, you still with us? I sure am. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. The music was confusing you. Just so our <laughs> listeners understand, there's a little technical thing so our guest on the other end of the line can hear what's going on with the music but if i don't stop it you guys actually don't hear it on the show but uh jp was still hearing the music so i was jamming
0: i was jamming out man
1: (laughs) yeah we're a little bit longer than the rest of the crowd but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so the uh blood in the woods it's based on a true story is that right
0: that is correct it is a fictitious retelling of my childhood uh, while growing up in hammond louisiana
1: and uh, you had sent me some news articles as to some things that had happened. Is that right? I sure did. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that? What's the, the basis of the story? Uh,
0: the basis of the story is a coming-of-age uh, novel um, that focuses on family friends, first loves, and true horror, Uh, it's based off a lot of personal experiences I had uh, growing up in the late 80s and early 90s in the small town of Hammond, uh, dealing with the occult. Uh, We had a real big issue with devil worship in the uh, area that we lived in. And, I mean, an article just came out yesterday. I don't even think I sent this one to you, brother, but uh, there's a a journalist here. Her name's Rachel Stefan. She's extremely fearless, and she's amazing. And she did a follow-up to Blood in the Woods uh, that she did a year ago. And uh, she just got some more stories from a reporter that was out from Ponchatoula that had some run-ins with the occult during the late 80s, probably around the 89-90 time frame. And um, I can't really explain to you what was going on, but it sort of all started off uh, when I was young. We used to hear every full moon. We used to hear drums uh, in the distance in the woods. Uh, This went on for years. And as I got older, you know, my best friend Jack, uh, we used to just go riding down my street and we would go into a patch of woods and we'd push a couple clicks back. No telling how far we'd go. Uh, we used to run into just animal remains and like uh one time i ran into a guy building an altar out there really? in the woods wow it was absolutely insane most people don't believe me and i remember my good friend ryan trahan uh angela owens and ray rogers were with me one day uh when that happened and i know ryan remembers angela uh most you know readers who read blood in the woods um Like, the people that you read about are real. Uh, The friends that you read about are real. It was, I got permission from them back in 2008 when I first started writing the novel, if I could use their names, because I'd been gone away from home for so long. It was just my way of sort of honoring my childhood friends that I had missed so much. And so they gave me, like, a thumbs up, and uh, the people that I couldn't get in touch with you know I, I couldn't use their names because back in the day when i was writing i only had myspace i didn't even have facebook you know i was changing like i was changing my codes and my music on my myspace all the time and trying to find old friends and but that that really happened that day with ryan and angela and another friend and uh, a guy chased us out i saw him putting in an altar he was like laying a whole bunch of twigs down like a like an angle and like wrapping something around the tree like to keep it sturdy and the guy chased us and uh, I went told my mom and there were reports of um, like the the cattle because we lived in the country out there in Hammond and there was a dairy farmer down the road and some of his cattle started getting uh, mutilated and they were blaming it on our family dog for like killing this cattle and my dog was a like dude, it wasn't. It couldn't hurt a fly, and uh, there was just weird stuff going on, and that actually made it into this last article that came out of the Leesville da- Daily Reader, uh, from that you know journalist that was with the Ponchatoula newspaper and everything. That he remembers all the cattle mutilations and all the. I mean, it was the satanic panic, man. And when Blood in the Woods first came out. I had people all across the world, uh, reaching out to me during, and they remember during those early nineties you know, especially heavily between 90 and like 93, you know, you had the West Memphis three, you had Geraldo Rivera. That was one and running like, you know, specials on devil worship all the time. It was just a, the satanic panic was real and it was sweeping the nation and it was real for a reason because weird things were, were happening. And so when I started writing blood in the woods, um, i I just started piecing it together and you know i started putting facts and mixing it with fiction like most writers do and blood in the woods was born
1: huh so now did anything happen um i mean did was there any uh really serious stuff that happened surrounding all this devil worship type stuff going on
0: yes yes it did um in in 2005 the There was a pastor that ran the Hosanna Church out in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Uh, He and several other uh, people were charged with... um child rape and child abuse Um, basically what was happening was this pastor was running satanic rituals inside that church at night and I believe his children he was allowing his children to be raped by the congregation that was there and this sparked national headlines and it also led to HBO's first season of true detective is which they based uh, that season off of is what came out of Ponchatoula and so when I got back from my second deployment to Afghanistan With the 173rd Airborne Brigade, I had came home on leave, and I had found out in 2006 about you know those crimes, and that's the first time I think in my mind that I started thinking about my childhood and how terrifying it actually was. Like the things that I was witnessing as a kid, and the stuff I was running into, and I was seeing. Like me and my best friend Jack, we would be jumping on our trampoline in his backyard. And we would used to see people, just, like, random people, like, popping up over the fence in the woods, like, checking us out and looking in our neighbor's backyard and stuff. And it wasn't scary to me, I guess, as a kid until I became an adult and realized, you know, what sort of came out of what, you know, I was witnessing but wasn't quite aware of, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, you've got this, uh, it's probably a tight-knit community there. So, I mean, you would imagine that… people would kind of get called out. I mean, did that happen? Did it, were there, did people start to realize like who these people were?
0: No. And I think that's what the scariest part was. And I talked to my mother about this probably like two months ago. Uh, once the, uh, once my novel hit its third, um, uh, you know, edition that it came out cause the book has been published since, uh, December of 2016, and I, I left my first publisher, and then I self-published, and now I got picked up by Hell, Hellbound Books Publishing, and they did an amazing job with the novel, and it's back out there kicking butt. And I talked to my mom, and I was like, you know, what what was going on? Like, why were people not talking about what was happening? And, you know, she told me that, you know, people were talking, but, I mean, it's it's the South, man. Like, you don't talk about in the Bible belt you don't talk about dove worship. You don't go around town like talking about, you know, stuff like that. If you are gonna talk about it, you talked about it as a family at the dinner table, you know, to keep your kids, you know, you know, like involved or knowledgeable on the events that's taking place around them. And and I think she's right about that because when the novel first came out, I went back to Hammond because they wanted me to do a TV interview for a local TV show down there, and I did the interview, and we talked about the novel and sort of the dark secrets that it was bringing out in that town, and it never aired. Oh. Yeah, so...
1: So they definitely keep uh, good tabs on that stuff. What about, uh, you know, uh, what about uh, the... <clears throat> down down there you talked about the voodoo and the hoodoo and all that sort of thing. as kind of a, a culture that's strong. Uh, does that kind of mix over into that? You're talking about altars and rituals. I mean, that's I've only seen you know that stuff in TVs and in TV and movies. But uh, you know, does some of that kind of blend over into the community as well?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't say that it that it does. I know that during those times growing up, and that the events that that Blood in the Woods talks about during those years that the novel is talking about, it wasn't so much voodoo or hoodoo or you know, any of that stuff. It was straight devil worship, and that's the—that's what was spreading around the town. That's what the accusations were. That's what the reports were, because um, when the novel had first came out, they ran an article out of the Daily Star out there in Hammond, and the little lady that worked there, her name is Miss Lil, and she had been with the Daily Star newspaper for over, like, 40 years, and when she heard about the novel— And it sparked, like, all of her memories of the late 80s, early 90s. And she spoke to me on the phone for a good 45 minutes of all the accounts and reports with sheriff's deputies of, you know, cattle mutilation and, and, you know, crimes and all kind of stuff. So it was real, but I don't think it was the voodoo-type culture uh, bleeding over into that because... I just don't think it was because voodoo isn't, isn't like that. You know, it's more secretive. It's not, it's not in your face. Like everything was happening during, you know, those times.
1: Right. Right. So what was the craziest thing that came out of the whole thing that once the stories you've heard from people, what was the most intense, like account that you've, that you've heard of or, or witnessed?
0: Uh, I would have to say that, you know, just, just everything that happened in that church, was like the, I mean, it was the icing on the cake to show people that it was real, and that it was, and that it was around. Um, I really, I really don't even know, like, how to even answer that one. All the way for what's the worst? Um, there's a lot of things in Blood in the Woods, like almost every account that readers are reading in that novel happen to a certain extent. But as a storyteller, you know, I have to weave that perfect narration and. And the pace to you know keep readers engaged and make it a very you know entertaining story, and um, but I th- I think probably the worst thing that came out of that or the things that I've heard uh, was definitely the the church of what they were doing to those children.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We are with JP Willie. He's an author, filmmaker, and uh, you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. We'll be right back after
0: this. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and
1: Instagram. listen to spirits and more radio <clears throat> you can check out all of our shows at spirits and more radio.com uh, we're also simulcasting on uh, periscope when we do this show live and uh, youtube and facebook so uh, if you're on periscope we can take your questions as well so feel free to interact with us uh, we also can take your emails at editor at spirits and more radio.com if you think that uh, you have a story you'd like to tell us uh, on the show we'd like to have you on uh anything paranormal from ufos to bigfoot we've uh... we've covered a lot of that stuff in the past here uh... which which brings me to this question we're with jp willie he's an author uh... blood in the woods and he's also uh... made uh... are working on some films have you made it? you got a film out there as well or or everything's coming up
0: Everything is coming up. Okay. Welcome on and Yeah, it's in post. It's in post production. Working on the editing, music placement, finalizing audio, and uh, we shoot in June for I the Mighty. So okay. nothing as of yet. I wish I could say yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bigfoot, what's your take on Bigfoot? Is he out there?
0: Oh, the Bigfoot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the man. No, no. no. With the, with everything that we have, uh, you know, you're, it's easier to catch a cold than catch Bigfoot. There ain't, no, <laughs> ain't no damn Bigfoot out there. So like, you don't believe the evidence, in the Bigfoot? The, no, I don't believe in Bigfoot. That I, Up north you know, of Louisiana, we got Arkansas, and they had the Falk Monster uh, back in the day. And I have some family up in Shreveport that are sort of a little bit up towards like Vivian that are right there on the Arkansas line, and they could have swore back in the day that they used to hear the monster, which is like a Bigfoot yelling and screaming and uh, at night. Turns out it's just Panthers. They have a bunch of Panthers out there, that, like the growl and scream. I just think with all the <laughs> evidence, with the cameras, the technology we have, man... We would have caught Bigfoot by now. We would have caught his butt. We would have caught something.
1: See, that's the thing, though. Everybody who's into Bigfoot and has seen stuff, I was just listening this morning to a podcast, Uh, I think it's called The Confessions or Confessionals or something, and uh, man, this guy, he swears there's a Bigfoot in his yard, and uh, (laughs) he says that, you know, the thing is, is that he said that, uh, you know, everybody thinks Bigfoot is hard or that they're rare, but his take is that they're they're not that they're all over the place, and uh, he's got at least one in his backyard, uh, and this thing.
0: Was he like feeding it skittles or hanging out with it? No. Playing Call of Duty?
1: <laughs> well, see, he had his his mom was kind of like rolling her eyes, and I guess then finally she heard the Bigfoot too, and uh, it's it's uh... basically what he was saying about this thing is that it's got a a real deep voice. At first, he thought there was a go- a man in his house, a big guy in his house. Uh, that was drunk because he was kind of mumbling but his voice was so low it was sort of like vibrating the wall and other people in the house kind of ran over like who's in the house and they searched everywhere and they couldn't find anything and then this guy heard that same sound again but this bigfoot and this is where, where the whole story kind of shifts you know because she said I agree with you you know we've got technology out there that should catch this thing And, uh, but now what people are saying, (laughs) obviously with all the technology, is that this Bigfoot thing must be supernatural. You know, because uh, somehow he knows when there's a camera there, so he doesn't go in the path of the camera. (laughs) Uh, But but what he does is this, this guy's Bigfoot that he saw actually shrinks into a little creature. He watched this thing actually shrink, he said, as it was moving, it was like it was optically... You know, it wasn't like the thing was actually physically having to manipulate itself to get bigger. He was saying this this thing like just kept walking and got like 12 feet tall and uh, made this deep growling sound. So,
0: <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Whatever that guy's <laughs> on you, get me some of it. Right? Well, that is insane. A yeah. shrinking Bigfoot. We got a shrinking Bigfoot now. Yeah, oh, man, it shrinks. It. Oh.
1: It's a good one. I'll, I'll send you the link to it. You'll get a oh, kick God. out of it. It was good. But- I will
0: get a kick out of it. <laughs>
1: but yeah i i've never seen but you know there's other stories out there of uh people who have uh there was a family that went to this uh particular camping or it was like a hiking trail type thing and um they didn't even they weren't like bigfoot hunting or anything but they apparently saw something that really scared them that was a huge animal uh that they took to be a bigfoot and they ran back to the start of the the trail there was like a gift shop And they were real shaken up about the whole thing you know and um and when they talked to when they actually talked to uh the people at the gift shop they said oh you must have seen the bigfoot so they weren't the only ones that had seen something out there that you know kind of shook them to the core
0: (laughs) yeah i mean everybody's always seeing the bigfoot show me the evidence i mean people we talk about ghosts we got evidence of ghosts we got evidence of supernatural you know activity paranormal activity show me the bigfoot just stop running your (laughs) mouth and show me some bigfoot yeah yeah Uh, and then and then i'll believe you you know the biggest thing a bigfoot is is a skate monkey in the woods that's about it they probably saw like an overgrown chipmunk and got startled
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's you know that's the other thing too is uh when you talk now you're you know you're in the military and everything the technology that's out there you would think that somebody would have caught this stuff you know you catch
0: a bigfoot (laughs) You, You can go fly your little drone from Kmart, you can go to Kmart, put a little gopro on that joker and just fly it up man you got trail cameras i mean what's bigfoot like the skittles you put skittles out there and put a trail camera out <laughs> bigfoot's gonna come eat skittles or what's he drink or what's he what else do you need like what do you need to summon bigfoot like a can of monster in copenhagen
1: yeah I and go out know. there put
0: it out in the woods put a trail cam we should have bigfoot i mean i think it's a i would love to go on like a a hunt for bigfoot just because you know i think most people in the world and america has always been You know interested in the creature you know like Loch Ness just you know those fables those myths I would love to go do one but just because I just like being outdoors and I'm adventurous and I like doing that I I know I wouldn't catch anything but I think why a lot of people do it is because they're outdoorsmen and they just love to do it and (laughs) I think I think I think more power to you man just bring me some uh, evidence of that Bigfoot and I'll believe you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. That's the thing. I was I was really curious about this guy. We should probably contact him and find out you know why he doesn't have some cameras up because apparently this thing is out in his driveway and yard a lot so
0: it's probably yeah. his drug dealer <laughs> and then and, and it's shrinking and growing yeah that's crazy you're gonna have to send me that link man i need a good chuckle for the day yeah
1: yeah, yeah. for sure for sure so what about ufos man well, there's some uh some new video out there from some uh fighter jet pilots and uh what do you what's your take on that
0: Man, me me getting into film, uh, doing independent film for a very short time, and getting to learn about Adobe Premiere and Adobe After Effects. Man, I can go shoot something in my backyard right now, and go upstairs and call some buddies, or go on to YouTube and watch a a you know an editorial like thing on After Effects, and I can put Bigfoot in my backyard right now. Yeah. or UFO. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it there's so many pro- things out there man. Um I I can't tell you that I believe in aliens either. I mean, it would be I I don't know. I I don't believe in in UFOs either. I think the only thing I believe in and I know for a fact exists is ghosts and the paranormal.
1: Uh-huh. You know, there was a thing. There was a cr- crazy story though that I I actually saw it was a part of a it was on, a, you know, as a TV show about UFO stuff, but Uh, What was cool about it, or what was really impressive, is that uh, the incident that happened happened in like 1991, and multiple police officers around this city saw this incident happen, and it was between, you know, they got the police helicopter up over the city, and this was the pilot and the police officer who were in this helicopter that night, and they were flying to a call, and they had some crazy experience with with, you know, with uh, some sort of UFO flying around them and following them to the point that they were maneuvering, trying to get away from this thing. And the other police officers on the ground witnessed this whole thing. So there were, you know, like 10 different police officers that were firsthand witness to some strange thing in the sky and uh and the um police officers in the police helicopter trying to evade it so that was a pretty pretty good in-depth
0: story that's uh, yeah that's pretty intense man i mean if you know any aliens send them uh, send them this way so i can get off this crazy planet for a while <laughs> it's getting a little cray cray around here only only aliens I know are the illegal ones and that's it
1: <laughs> right i see <laughs> yeah i know well that's you yeah. know i had someone on the show i think it was our sixth show and he um he had an alien abduction experience, you know, so.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm just such a, I just get tickled at that, man. Like, I just want to, like, hand him a doll and be like, show me, show me where it touched you. And I'm pretty sure they would rotate the doll to the back. I and, see. But, total story. I don't know. I don't know why the aliens do that, but stories. But, I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, I, I, I can't say that I, at one point in my life wasn't, you know, curious about aliens and, and into it. It's just like when I got. You start getting older, and some stuff you ain't got time for. and I think <laughs> UFOs. I'm not gonna go search for one. I would go search for a Bigfoot just because I love the outdoors. But I, I just I, I can't get into the UFOs either. Now my huh. daughter, my 18 year old, on the other hand, completely believes they they're real and they exist. She's all about it. She'll sit out there and look, and everything she sees from a kid flying his little Kmart drone up there about 100 meters is an alien aircraft.
1: Huh. Yeah, well, um, you know, that's the thing. Uh, you know, we talk about ghosts and stuff and that existing in some, you know, there's different. It makes you wonder when you talk about these encounters that people have with ghosts and paranormal type stuff. Um, so why, Tell I guess, tell me about, is it because you have some physical evidence that you recorded uh, that makes uh, the possibility of ghosts real for you as opposed to like... Um, say in that same dimension where ghosts can exist you know maybe that's the way that this these ufo experiences are happening to people
0: i i I think you're correct i'm a realist and the most realist dude you'll meet i need evidence i need solid facts we have facts uh and then when you have personal experiences too you know that solidifies your beliefs as well too but i mean there's no there's no proof that you can give me besides some saucers, some things in the sky that you can easily go into Adobe After Effects and put in. Right, right. Just, it's too, it's too, it's too easy to, to manipulate. Yeah. And I just can't believe it. Right, right. Now, so, I could one day get zapped in the forehead and be gone, <laughs> and I'll be back on your show being like, dude, they're totally real. They did this <laughs> to me. Man, they shaved my legs and gave me ear piercing, you know, I'll be like, like, whatever, so... Uh, You never know. I could be back. Especially if they're listening, they're going to get mad at
1: me. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so you... I mean,
0: do you believe they exist? Or, uh, um, or, you know,
1: I'm not closing the door on, on aliens. I'm not, I definitely think that there's strange things that people see in the sky. Uh, it could be, you know, we talk about, you know how certain aircraft that, you know, you and I didn't hear about until 1990 that, you know, had been flying around since 77, you know? So, um, you talk about an aircraft that can accelerate at crazy speeds and shoot up and shoot down. Um, I'm, you know, I think everyone knows that the human body couldn't take that sort of acceleration and, and survive. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know i'm okay with someone saying you know oh it's the it's the u.s uh, government technology that we just don't know about yet you know especially these unmanned aircraft that maybe can you know do crazy maneuvers now eh, probability of that in my mind is low i i i really don't think that there's certain uh i really don't think that there's certain uh things that could could cause that oh i think i just lost jp willie all right, cool. Well, we're gonna take a little bit of break, and uh, we'll be right back here on Spirits and More Radio. And I'm gonna get our guests back on the line, and uh, stay with us. Remember, you can catch everything we're doing at spiritsandmoreradio.com.
0: Whoa! So this is Radio Land, huh? The infinite turtle the the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother,
1: we listen to you every night. Hey there, listeners. This is Steve Rowan, your host. I hope you're enjoying this show. And if you are, I'd like to ask you to help us expand our audience by giving us a review in your podcast app. I would really appreciate it if you did that. And for doing so, I want to do something special for you. I want to offer you a free Bonus hour of any one of our previous shows. So if you like the Alien show and you want to hear the second hour, or the Disneyland show, or the Ouija board show, just take a screenshot of your review and email that to me at editor at com and I will email you right back with a link to the second hour of any show you'd like. Thank you for listening and please share us on your Facebook and retweet us. Now back to the show. Spirits and More Radio, and uh, JP, you're back on the line, aren't you?
0: I am online, and I thought (laughs) the aliens got you. See? We start talking about aliens, and some weird stuff happens.
1: I thought they got you. That's funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. You were talking, and then boom, you were gone, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Skype is sometimes like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so we were talking about UFOs and stuff. So you're no UFOs, no Bigfoots, no Loch Ness Monsters uh but uh but you've got some ghost evidence tell me to, let's go back again for anyone who just joined us on the show tell tell me more about that apartment experience i mean what were your first thoughts was that the first thing that ever happened to you because i've had some stuff happen to me and i know that you know you can question yourself you really, the first time something happens you're like is this really happening you know i mean what were your thoughts how did that go down
0: yeah, you think you're crazy when you first start, you know, or you have your first paranormal experience. Uh, the first paranormal experience I ever had uh, was at the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana. Uh, we were ghost hunting. Uh, we went and stayed the night there. If you don't know what the Myrtles Plantation is, it's probably one of the most haunted, so called haunted mansions, uh, plantations. I mean, in the state of Louisiana. And we were out there and I was on the uh, slave uh, shack. They have an old slave shack out there where the slaves used to stay. And we were, you know, doing some EVP session stuff. And I heard two children, like in the distance, like giggle. And we caught it on, on audio and on video. And uh, that was my first time I ever got chills, you know, from a, something that I couldn't explain. And then um, I got wait, married wait, about a year wait, wait, and a half later. Wait,
1: s- when you say you got it on video, you got some you saw something on video or it was audible? No,
0: we caught the audio on video. We got oh, okay. it on the EVP recorder and we got it on the night vision device, the camera that my brother had. I uh, see. You can you can hear it there. And uh, when uh, about a year later, a year and a half later or so, maybe two, I I got married to my wife. And that's when we moved into the apartment complex out there in Alabama. And um, we started off, like, it sort of just progressed over time. Like, when we got into the home, uh, the first thing we started hearing was a bunch of knocks. And it always kept coming from our closet. And I had a, a Harley Davidson at the time. And it always would sound like my helmet was falling off the top of the closet onto the ground. And we would go in there, and nothing would be on the ground. But inside the closet, it had, like, just a really weird... Smell, man, like a a sulfur egg-type smell. And me being in the military, and I mean, I can't speak for all people in the military, but I'm extremely OCD and clean, so the smell would always bother me, and it wasn't there all the time. And we would slowly start hearing things in the bathroom, like falling down or knocks. It would sound like... You know shampoo bottles falling you know off the shelves in the bathroom and inside the bathtub and we'd go in there and nothing would be you know in the tub and we kept hearing knocks on the walls and to the point that i got you know aggravated with it that i called the apartment manager complex manager and they came and they sent the little guy out to go in our attic to make sure there was no little critters and i went next door and i knocked on the neighbors because i'm not like a super super social person sometimes and i never introduced myself and the first time i did i knocked on their door and they opened it and i was like hey my name's joe uh do you guys hear booming and banging at at night in your apartment they're like we were hearing booming and banging in your apartment before you guys moved in. Huh. So that was like that was my first like okay, oh snap, this something's going on here in the house. Because I believe that if you believe something is haunted or you're in or you're around a presence that you can feel and you're not sure of it if it's good or if it's bad, which I think everything, like I said before, is, is always bad. I don't give it that power to scare me. Uh, like, you know, I face some pretty bad people overseas, and there's not much on this earth that I'm scared of. So I know it was terrifying my wife because slowly after the bumps and bangs, uh, she started hearing whispering in her ear uh, at night. And I was a drill sergeant at the time stationed We were uh, working at Fort Benning, Georgia, and I would get up at like 3.30 in the morning and leave, and she would hear something whispering or hissing in her ear and she used to go to her mother's house that's out in Columbus, Georgia, and show up at 4.35 in the morning wanting to stay there, and I kept telling her, I was like, look, even though I could feel something and knew something was going on, I always had to play the big hero, like, hey, honey, everything's okay, nothing's here. And um, then it just, man, it just slowly started escalating, and it started getting worse to hearing our cabinet drawers opening and shifting around with the silverware to footsteps to our doors opening to our bedroom door, like, When we're sitting in there, like, with each other, like, the door would just sling open. Um, You hear footsteps in the hallway. uh, And when my brother and them came up, um, when he brought the camera, like, you can hear something whispering. There's, like, several loud disembodied voices. And then you catch the shadow figure, which oddly pops up about ear level with my wife, like, in the video. So... It solidifies her claims that something was whispering in her ear, because when you see this shadow creature pop up, and I'll shoot you a a picture of it when we're done here, uh, it looks like just a small little shadow figure, probably about the height of a four- to five-year-old child.
1: Huh. So, now, I mean, where were you coming from on this, man? I mean, were you like, we got to move, or what?
0: No, I wasn't... uh, it, no, I didn't want to move um, because, like I said, it, it started doing – it started getting – it did start getting worse, though, just with the uh, – it kept moving objects in the house. Like, my wife has one of those big, like, $100, like, toothbrushes that, like, vibrate and spin and, like, shoot magical rainbows out of it or whatever, yeah, it's pretty yeah. heavy, and you gotta and you got to charge it, you know, on a battery charger. And it used to get thrown across the room. Uh, things would get, like, misplaced in the home, like – uh, keys to, like, my wife wore a mouth guard at night, and it used to just go missing randomly. Uh, I had a picture of my eight-year-old, well, she was six at the time, my six-year-old daughter, Renoa, that on our TV mantle, I would put it at the very edge of the mantle at night, and when we wake up in the morning, it was pushed back every morning that we woke up. So, and and most people don't believe it, and my wife didn't believe it. She was a huge skeptic. Uh, I've always believed in it because, I mean, I'm Christian, uh, and, like, if you read, if you've ever read the Bible, it speaks about spirits and ghosts. And so I've always believed that they, you know, they do exist, but they're not here for a good reason. So, um, yeah, I mean, it 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 was a crazy experience, man, and I absolutely... I, I wish I could go back and redo it again.
1: <laughs> huh, wow. I, I
0: really could because it, 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 it was scary, but uh, you were always entertained. I mean, it's a if, if that makes sense. Um, my wife doesn't ever want to do it again, but I don't mind.
1: Wow. You know, I mean, that's an interesting thing because most people want to relax and feel safe in their home. You know, and you're talking about something that's moving things around. Uh, You know, I mean, did it ever cross your mind?
0: It hissed in my bedroom one night. Yeah, I I mean... No BS, man. Sitting in there talking to my wife. We were joking. I think we were playing Uno on the Xbox 360. And something in that room made a loud shush or a hissing sound to the point that I thought I was going crazy. And that I even looked under my bed thinking that there was like a cat or something... In our house, I couldn't explain it. Like, for me to not think I was going crazy, that we had just heard the same thing, I searched my whole house for like a window open that a cat could have, like, did a loud hiss through. And uh, you can't really explain it, man, until it happens to you. I mean, I guess maybe that's for everything, you know, paranormal or supernatural from Bigfoot, the UFOs, the ghosts. I guess until it happens to you, then you, you'll become a believer.
1: Yeah, I mean, that guy, that guy with the Bigfoot in his garage or, or in his front yard, I mean, he's probably <laughs> the, the thinking ninja, the same thing Bigfoot. about you. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> thinking this guy, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah i know but hey man i got proof show me your bigfoot i'll show you my ghost because i got it
1: right so I got on
0: audio and video homie Bring now,
1: it. now what where does the line where's the line drawn man on this thing being a spirit from the past or being like a demon you ever worry about it being a demon
0: uh i think everything that that's here that hasn't that is here is some type of form of a of a negative spirit. Uh, I think people that, and it's just my personal opinion, like, it's just what I believe that, um, I think that these things that are here can prey upon the living and, and almost like tormentors, like for people who lose children or a loved one or a spouse, sometimes they'll communicate with these things and it talks back to them. And I don't really think that's real closure. You know, I think that's more damaging to the family than, than anything. You think you're, you know, speaking or communicating with a, a loved one that is, hasn't passed, but I, I don't really think you are. I think it's—I uh, think it's torment. It's part of a tormentor wow. uh, to do that to someone. That's just my personal opinion. Some people believe you are communicating. Um, just my personal opinion, as, as a, as me. Yeah. That uh, yeah. I think that I think that's just. I I don't think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think I could ever move on. Like if I lost someone and it was continuing to speak to me, I think that would keep. You know my heart from, from healing. You know what I mean? If you still heard the voice. So I think that's a form of, you know, terrorizing a family instead of really giving them peace.
1: Interesting. That's a really interesting point of view for sure. Um, Hey, tell us, so tell everyone out there who's listening to this show, where can they find the book? Where's the movie going to be? Where can they find out more about you?
0: Uh, anybody that's listening, you can check me out on IMDB to find out everything going on with any of the independent films that I'm doing. Hopefully my goal one day is to become a well-established and respected producer, filmmaker, uh, director, so on and so forth. But you, you can check on my IMDB. Uh, for Blood in the Woods, you can go to Amazon.com, Barnes & Nobles. Uh, it should be in select uh, local bookstores. If it's not your bookstore, just go there and request it. They can most likely get it for you. Um... And hit me up on Facebook, on Instagram, J.P. Willie Official. I'm on Twitter. Anytime, anyplace, I'm always here.
1: Is there a website, a specific web address?
0: I do, and I do have a a website up there, uh, officialjpwillie.com. You can go there and check it out. You can check out some of the uh, trailers for Blood in the Woods that I've made and put together uh, that are out there. They have a lot of views. Uh, People love them. So fans of the novel really dig the uh, book trailers that we put together. And, um, yeah. So, um, just seek me out.
1: Yeah, definitely. And definitely keep in touch when those films come out so we can run some of those trailers on our Twitter and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely will. Sounds really cool, man. I'm digging the one about the giant out there. And I'm also. Oh,
0: you got the first scoop of that, my friend. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. I think anyone. uh, That's it. That. That could be a blockbuster right there man i mean I and, so. and you never That's know what 's going to happen i i I happened to my friend Orrin Pelly uh, did you know paranormal activity. I knew the guy and he kept the thing under wraps and he filmed it in his house and and look what happened to him. So you never know what can happen, man. That that one might be big. So
0: you you never know, man. You know, aim for the moon. If you miss, at least you hit the stars.
1: Yep, exactly. Hey, thanks for being on the show, JP. And uh, we're uh, I think everyone's gonna be excited to to check out the book. It sounds really cool. And and of course, like I said, the films. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. And Thank you. Uh, yeah. And anyone who's listening, if you want to check out this show or any of the other shows, it's always on spiritsandmoreradio.com. You can go to our Twitter, which is at. Scary horror news, and uh, yeah, so um, so that's that's it, man. It's a wrap, and uh, and we'll be back with another show here, hopefully sooner than this than than later. So uh, thanks for listening, you guys, and we'll catch you next time, Spirits and More Radio.